Get out the insurance cards. Get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hello again and welcome to yet another episode of the Pros with Joe's podcast. After our own COVID-related off week, booster not virus, we are back today to talk about playoffs. Playoffs and probably a little bit of COVID. Uh, Apparently that's still a thing and it seems to be an issue again in the NFL, but uh, in league news, uh, we started with eight teams last week. We're down to four. And here with me, as always, to talk about some of that stuff is my friend, the Rudolph to my fantasy football sleigh, co-founder of the league, Mr. Eric Romoff. Eric, it has been quite the week. What's got you excited this week? Man, a lot has me excited. I was uh, I was hopeful that week 16 would maybe uh, let up a little bit on... Uh, the general state of player availability, but it looks like we might not be so lucky. And you mentioned that COVID is still a thing. It is It is the thing, right? Week 15 yeah. was uh, absolutely jam-packed with COVID news. We saw over <laughs> Might have been a little under, underappreciated on that comment, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we saw over 100 players end up on the COVID reserve uh, impacted the results of many games. Uh, it impacted the uh, date and time of many games. We saw three games postponed, one from Saturday to Monday, two from Sunday until Tuesday. And now we're here in this weird kind of hangover time where today, as of this recording, we are in our first day without an NFL game in what feels like forever right we kind of got into that extended schedule for (laughs) four consecutive days six of the last seven days we've had nfl football and now we are all um again kind of going through that that withdrawal and and hangover so definitely excited to kick off week 16 and uh and get a little bit more nfl action on the books yeah and i i thursday night football is a relatively new thing for us um you know we we were kind of like, do we need another day of football? But it, my worry is, is, you know, depending on the ratings, I haven't seen the ratings for the Tuesday night games, but uh, it, NFL, if you're listening, please don't give us a Tuesday night game. That's It's not fun. It's not fun for us having to watch six nights a week and, and all of that. So, uh, and I'm, I'm being a little facetious. It is fun for us. Uh, but we do have other things in our lives other than than football. But yeah, it's it's been nuts just seeing you know all these dominoes fall and players literally just fall out uh, for for COVID related. So it's really interesting to see how these these teams the the eight that left or we were left with um, how they responded. And, and I feel like I guess we have to get into that, huh? We do, but not without first doubling back on your commentary about the quality of the games that were played on Tuesday night. <laughs> you know, I I am firmly in the camp that NFL football is just like pizza and sex in that even when it's bad, 
it's still it's good. Still pretty good. Yeah. The only the only gripe that I'll have with uh, with the Tuesday night scheduling is they put both the games on at the same time. Like, yeah. No one is no one's going to be flipping back and forth between these two games. Most cable providers or streaming providers only carried one of the two, so it definitely left us without. I don't know if I would necessarily um, you know uh, wish for a Tuesday night doubleheader every single week, but. <laughs> If we're gonna do it, you at least gotta stagger the game so you can watch them all, right? right? I was, yeah, the, I was gearing the up to stay up midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it make it a little bit more like uh, an East Coast kickoff and a West Coast kickoff, and let's have that Monday night kickoff if if we have to do that again. Yeah, couldn't agree more. But anyways, I digress. COVID is the storyline, not only through the NFL, but obviously. That reached and impacted into the fantasy world, and uh, for better or for worse, the charity league was one of those impacted. Right, we were in the first round of our fantasy playoffs. Uh, as a reminder, we have eight teams that carry forward into our playoff round, and as they continue to advance, they are playing for the pot, the money that we are raising over at Pros with Joe's on Twitter or at proswithjoes.com. And the first of our four matchups features none other than the two-seed Troy King. He's playing for the March of Dimes, going up against Dan Claskins, who's playing for DAV, Disabled American Veterans. And this was one that, like most games this week, certainly had its fair share of sort of no-name guys within the roster due to other kind of starting players being ruled out. And we eventually see Dan Claskins prevail, come out triumphant with a 118 to 93 point victory. And I think the thing for, for, for Dan Claskins was really, is, is really about, you know, playing the guys that, that got you there. He got off to a very fast start with Tyree kill on Thursday night. He gave him almost 33 points. So, Nice base of scoring in a week where scoring on the whole was down. And then he also he had a couple of spots that chipped in in somewhat of an unexpected fashion, right? Cam Newton was his second highest scorer. He, he gave him 20, uh, 26 points almost. That's who I was going to mention. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, Cam Newton seems to be one of the more thrilling roller coasters in the fantasy landscape, right? He'll yeah. have a he'll have a three to nine point game, and then all of a sudden put up almost a thirty burger. But Cam was only in that game because of player availability. In in this case, Lamar Jackson being able to un, un uh, being unable to go with an ankle injury. So um, you know, certainly not the prettiest of victories out there, but a victory nonetheless for Team Claskins. Yeah, and you know, on the other side, uh, with with. With Team King, you know, I, I think he just had a, a lot of disappointments. I, mean, I You know, I'm just looking at, at Joe Mixon and Corderell Patterson giving him a total of 11 points. Uh, you're not going to win many games uh, with that with that output on your, your RB1 and RB2. So, um, yeah, it's it just kind of a kind of a rough uh, a rough turnout for uh for team king you know he came in oof, what uh 11 and 3 and uh yeah team Claskins just came in there and and kind of took control and 
you know, from Thursday night and just finished off strong. Yeah, the the Patterson note there is is what really jumps off the page for me, right? Most most yeah. people were skeptical about Patterson certainly early on in the season. And even those that eventually started to buy in, there was this sort of air of when will the bubble burst? And the answer was week 15, when all of the teams that he vaulted to the playoffs needed him to show up most. Yeah. And so with some sadness, we must say goodbye to Team King and Troy King and his Joe. Uh, But for our listeners out there, please go out and check out uh, March of Dimes. That's the the charity that he's supporting. Uh, we are still raising money for, for them. So uh, go check them out. They're doing a lot of good work. And uh, we wish the best to Team King and uh, hope to see them back next year. But moving into our second matchup, we had a pretty heavy hitting duo uh between team bell and our friend matt Harmon. uh matt Harmon just kind of again we had we had a low scoring affair you know team Harmon had 114 points to to team bell's 87 um you know looking at at, at this lineup we had you know team Harmon had two players again that that just really shined in in Brandon Cooks and and Cooper Cup of course you know he's he's done that all year um and that just kind of set the pace for for team Harmon to keep pushing on yeah absolutely right um he he has one of those fantasy mvp type players available yeah. to him on his roster and you know with this being a low scoring affair, um, you know, he he obviously did the needful to get over the line and, and take care of business, but also just about everything that could have gone wrong for our friend <laughs> Jeff Bell yeah. ultimately did, right? Yeah. One of the few starting caliber players that he had available to him in Julio Jones came up with a donut. Several yep. of the replacement level players that COVID forced him into starting, players like Royce Freeman and Rashad Bateman, to give you a uh, gauge on the caliber of player that was thrust into his lineup. Um, they came up with 0.8 and 1.5 points, respectively, right? So, yeah, you know, ultimately for for Jeff Bell. You know, he got decent productivity out of his quarterback in Justin Herbert, and everyone else sort of hit at or unfortunately well below yeah. their their season average in in scoring. And even in a week where where points have been suppressed, um, not quite enough to get it done against Matt Harmon. So Matt will carry forward and continue playing and supporting for the Terez Paler. Uh, I always get this. Uh, crossed up endowment at Howard University. Uh, there is a scholarship program that has been building in the name of Terez Paler, one of Matt Harmon's uh, former colleagues over at Yahoo. So he will continue to fight and play for that cause. And this is where we bid adieu to Jeff Bell. Uh, Jeff, again, as a reminder, was playing for and supporting Nationwide Children's Hospital. It is 
near and dear to his heart and to his location there in Ohio. So as you have time, definitely give a shout out to Jeff Bell and take a look at the work that they're doing over at Nationwide Children's Hospital. And that carries us to our third matchup here in the opening round of our playoffs. Uh, this was actually the highest scoring of all of our matchups. It was the 1-8 matchup. One seed, Jay Felicio, friend of the show, playing for Child Play Charity. And the eight seed, Michael Florio, playing for the American Cancer Society. And this is another case where we saw an upset here in week 15. Uh, yep. Mike Florio ultimately emerged victorious, 132 points to 118. And unlike Jeff Bell... He actually survived the donut, the zero contribution from Julio Jones, thanks in large part to not only a fast start, 41 points from Travis Kelsey, but also yeah. a very strong finish, a 33-point effort from Jalen Hurts on that Tuesday night doubleheader. Yeah, and uh, on the other side, you know, you had Jay Felicio starting Ryan Tannehill, which just didn't live up to expectations expectations i'll get that right uh you know he he had a another solid output from from jonathan taylor which you know that has been the case all season but uh you know cooper cup just cooper cup and jonathan taylor couldn't give him enough help to get him across the board um so yep we are are saying goodbye tonight to jay felicio our number one seed, uh, highest point earner. Um, but please, uh, he was he was on our show a few weeks ago and uh, really love his charity that he's supporting this year. Uh, it's called the Child's Play Charity. Um, if you're not familiar with it, go check it out online. Uh, Jay, I hope you're listening and I hope you're back next year. It, it was a lot of fun having you on and we wish you the best for next season. Yeah, this this one is particularly tough because Jay Jay had the points available to him on his yep. bench, but ultimately it was the decision to play Ramadre Stevenson over a couple of guys, uh, Russell Gage, Tim Patrick, even that um, really sealed his fate. But you know, can't can't hate on Jay. You know, this, this is uh, a very literal decision that I made along the same lines. I've got several yep. playoff teams that. Um, had uh, uh, have, that are now bowing out of the fantasy playoffs because of my decision to start Ramadre over um, some some replacement level talent that had a better day. So shout out to Jay. Certainly hopeful to have him back here in year number three. And that takes us to our final matchup in the opening rounds of the playoffs. We have none other than Team Doc, Dr. Roto himself, Facing off against Team Angle, this is the 4-5 matchup. So right there in the middle of the bracket, we've got Dr. Roto playing for the PKD Foundation while Scott Engel is representing Big League Impact. And this was, again, another tight matchup with scoring suppressed as both teams navigated these COVID and player availability waters. And one where we found Scott Engel ultimately come up with the dub 117 to 89 and this was one that stayed pretty tight throughout but ultimately scott had a handful of guys that were going during that tuesday night doubleheader 
And more than anything, I think what really bolsters Scott's uh, uh, playoff viability here is he has the gruesome twosome, the combination of Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup on the same roster in this week, providing him a foundation of 57 of his 117 yeah. points. So yeah, certainly have to feel good heading into any matchup with those two in your starting lineup. Yeah, and you know, looking at at the other side with uh, with Team Doc, uh, you know, Doc had a he's got a good lineup, um, but you know, we've talked about it having to plug in players that that just may not show up. You know, like a Ramondre Stevenson or a Nico Collins. Um, that provided him eight points last week. Um, so it, it's it's been interesting to see of you know some of these decisions of you know who can I plug in here? Um, but well, it didn't quite work out um, like he'd he'd hoped. Uh, you know he left he left some points on the bench for for uh, Jacoby Myers um, who came out of nowhere to give 11 points, but, you know, I don't think that was a difference maker. Um, but on the other side, you know, team ankle, the depth of his bench, every player scored, uh, where, you know, you're seeing on, on a lot of these teams, these bench players are sitting on the bench because of injury or because of sickness or because of, you know, whatever's happening. Uh, team ankle, his team is still healthy. It's still stacked. And, you know, I, I feel like we'll talk about this later in the, in the episode, but, you know, I, I think it, it says a lot to some of the moves that, that these teams were making in the, during the season on their waivers and, and things like that. Um, team angle can plug and play for next week. It, it looks like regardless of what happens with, with this COVID stuff. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what, what Ingle does in the semis this week. And with that, we will welcome in our esteemed guest for tonight's episode, none other than Mr. Scott Engle of Rotoballer and Seahawks.com. Scott, welcome in. Thanks for taking some time to join us tonight. Yeah. Uh, thank you for calling me esteemed. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, well, yeah, Scott, great to have you here. Um, you know, how about you get us started by by telling us what charity you're supporting this year and and why that group uh, in particular is important to you? Uh, for the second year in a row, I'm uh, supporting my friends over at Big League Impact, which was uh, a major league baseball related charity charity that includes about 80 players. It was founded in 2013 by Adam Wainwright of the St. Louis Cardinals, hmm. uh, future Hall of Famer there who uh, basically started it as the initiative because so many Major League Baseball players love to play fantasy football, and they did drafts in various cities where it was just the most incredible thing where you saw the fans actually like sitting down at in-person drafts with their favorite Major Leaguers playing fantasy football in the same leagues, bantering with them, and they've even continued that you know, through these COVID challenges you know, having them play in online leagues against major leaguers in uh, DFS-style formats. Uh, they do a lot of fundraising through other initiatives, too. Everything from karaoke to, uh, you know, to, to sport a recent Sporting Clays tournament in St. Louis. Uh, wow. You know, all, all to help health and medicine, food security, 
humanitarian aid, infrastructure, schools and education, and uh, safe water. You know, working with a lot of charities like uh, Operation Food Search, Food for the Hungry, Water Mission, uh, Help One Now, Pittsburgh Kids. Uh, Wainwright is the president. Kyle Gibson's the vice president. And uh, it's just been really cool over the year. You know, Wainwright actually won the 2020 Roberto Clemente Award. And they have all different kinds of contests that go on throughout the year. You can find out more impact, more about Big League Impact uh, at uh, bigleagueimpact.org, where they even have an, of an NFT contest going on now, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, Big League Impact, where there is help needed, they offer it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy to watch some of the videos there. It's just various charities and causes. You know, they've, They've supported about 130 charities and raised over six and a half million dollars. You know, when Jeez. you're playing in these leagues, they 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 go for a very good cause. Good deal. Yeah, certainly. And I I wasn't I wasn't familiar with Big League Big League Impact by name prior to last year when you had introduced them to me. And you know, it's it's something that I I think there's there's a, a similar thread, right? The idea of being able to play in fantasy leagues in our case, or, you know, participate in, in other experiences with, um, you know, big league pros or fantasy professionals, uh, definitely doing a lot of good work over there. And, and one of my, one of my favorite causes that we have sort of in, in the mix. And Scott, you mentioned at the top that you are in your, your second year here in pros with Joe's you've been, you've been on board with us, uh, both years that we've been in operation. And so I'd love to hear from your point of view. Um, are there any, Maybe funny stories that have come up, you know, uh, working alongside with your co-manager or um, any memories that stick out about the experience so far? It's not, not really any funny stories. It's, you know, Chris Basher and I, who's, uh, you know, the, the, the co-manager the co of our team representing Big League Impact, actually, you know, uh, he found out more about Big League Impact by, by jumping into this. And... You know, it's just a lot of good banter between me and Chris pretty often. You know, he gets very excited. Like, it, it, it's, you know, I tell Chris, give me your input, you know, on the draft. It's just like, and he, he just listens to just about everything I say. That sounds great, Scott. That sounds good. Just, I guess the funny story is Chris is great for my, for my ego, which is massive enough to begin with. And he, he just adds to it because every pick, I like that. It sounds great. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, but Chris, you got to have your own, own opinions here. No, that sounds good. You know, you're the, you're the expert, but you know, and I'll also Chris help Chris out with his own teams. It's like, I feel for the money that he's given too that, that not only should he be co-manager, but I should act as his personal fantasy advisor if he needs it, you know, one-on-one, -on -one -on -one. like I feel for, for getting, getting the, uh, you know, for helping out Big League Impact, he should not only be part of the team, but he should also, uh, if he wants to bounce anything off of me for his own teams, he, he, should, he should have access to me, I guess, a fantasy expert, if you want to call that, you know, 24-7. No, I love that. Like, I, I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of that from our, our other pros out there um, that have specifically mentioned it. I'm sure sure they'll answer any questions from their their fellow Joes, but uh, yeah, that's, that's really great to hear that, you know, you're, you offer that because, you know, my team, I need one of those for, for, for my teams as, <laughs> as well as we in this season, but. 
Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, helping us out too. I mean, but but you got Eric right there. I don't know if you. Know. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he, he is. Yeah. He is my fantasy <laughs> nav. So yeah. <laughs> So let's let's talk a little bit about your team. Uh, was was this your first all flex draft, um, and and did that impact your draft strategy at, at all? Or yeah, it was my first all flex draft, which made the strategy different in that you're not worrying, obviously not worrying about loading up on running back necessarily. Or you're just yeah. taking the best overall players, and we ended up with Kyle Pitts. Not because we wanted a tight end, but just you, know, just you want to end with the upside. I mean, he hasn't been there every week, but but still, you know, it's, we, we've really been fortunate in terms of, you know, the, the, the duo that keeps us rolling. And I don't even want to bring this up because I don't want to jinx it. But, you know, we have Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. And, yep. you know, when our other players haven't shown up, they've been such so consistent at a high level. You know, I have I have that combo in two leagues. The other league is, and I'm sure you guys heard of it, the Hall of Fantasy League, which is the first ever professional fantasy football league with 10 league teams and 10 cities. And Real Talk Raph and I from Rotoball are co-managed the New York Bodega Cats. And we, we got – there's a two-quarterback league, and we actually got uh, Taylor in the third and Cup in the sixth. And, you know, so now we're in the final four with the number one seed. But that's a two-quarterback league. But Cooper Cup going in sixth round, that's that's where – that's the value pick right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Scott, you know, we, people, uh, were, people were ripping us after the draft. Oh, your receivers stink. You know, and Raph was like, uh, we have Cooper Cup. Watch out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, um, we had Bob Harris on with us a, a few uh, few shows back. He actually introduced me to that concept of the Hall of Fantasy. And as I was looking into it, the New York Bodega Cats was easily the best team name out of out of all of them. It's uh, they, they, they go hand in hand, right? You can't have a true New York Bodega without the Bodega Cats. So, um, That's true. There's a lot, that a, lot of, a lot of good team names in there. And Bob Harris is one of the nicest guys in the fantasy football industry. He he certainly is. And and your, your point yeah. ranged true about about your team, right? It's, it's hard to come by that base of kind of, you know, 40 to 50 points scoring week in and week out that you're getting from Taylor and and from cup. And while, you know, while Pitt certainly hasn't lived up to the expectation that he carried in, uh, especially in this week, in this first week of our, our playoffs, the, the one thing he has working for him is availability, right? He's, he's there week in and week out, you know, he's scoring, you know, between seven and 12 points pretty consistently. So, um, you know, that, that sort of steady contribution, especially in the, the chaos that was week 15, uh, certainly played a role in you surviving and advancing. Yeah. You know, it's uh, by the time we went into, I think Tuesday night, we had five left and Dr. Roto had, uh, had two left. So we feel pretty good. We got a lot of good low scoring games this week. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it it was it was good to prevail, but this is a very deep league. We're working the waiver wire, uh, you know, really, really is is key, and because there's not a lot out there. I mean, you really, really have to dig dig deep. It's like one week we're starting Nick Westbrook, Kakina. You know, we're starting Jamal Williams, but you know, we've been fortunate. Our lineup is pretty deep, but we we've got to churn those last two spots. 
because this is such a deep league where you're going, wow, should I really pick up James O'Shaughnessy? I really don't want to. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about it every every week, uh, you know, how active these these guys are on the, the waiver wires. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's just whatever you can get and hope for the best, and sometimes you, you just find a gem. And, uh, I, you know, we've seen people all season just grabbing at whatever the best available players are and, you know, the second or the second or third string behind them because of, you know, all the injuries and, and COVID outbreaks that we've had this year. So uh, I love to see it. Yeah, we've we certainly paid you uh, a fair amount of compliments for, for just how active you are on the wire, right? You seem to be one of the teams that, is is doing a really good job of turning that that back end of your bench, yeah. yep. and you know that that depth um, certainly pays off, right? It's it is no coincidence that you're here in the playoffs and you're making it through the the COVID week uh, where Jeez. you know most teams are shorthanded, and unfortunately for fantasy managers out there, this is a trend that continues, right? We see it, um, you know, still running rampant through the NFL. Uh, dozens of additional players added to the COVID list over the past few days. Several more teams um, are are now in the enhanced safety protocols. So, Scott, where I'm I'm looking for your insight is, you know, just how you specifically look to navigate that heading into or now advancing in the the fantasy playoffs. There's not much left on the wire at this point. You're really not going to find any impact players to pop in your starting lineup, other than Ronald Jones and Gabriel Davis, maybe Justin Jackson if. If Austin Eckler doesn't play, you, Duke Johnson, you can't use him against the Saints this week. Uh, so if you're going to go out there and get somebody on the waiver wire, like in the Hall of Fantasy League last week, you know, we have Fournette and Montgomery as two of our running backs. I picked up Ronald Jones and Khalil Herbert last week. So this way you have the immediate NFL backups of your top fantasy starters. So when Fournette unfortunately went down, we already had more Ronald Jones. We didn't we didn't have to worry about running out and trying to outbid people on the waiver wire. Yeah, you, you do you do a fantastic job of staying sort of a week ahead on on that front and, and that's that's where that activity comes into play. Um, what I'm what I'm curious uh, a bit about your perspective on I've seen some people speculating on potential format or, or even rule changes um, to help kind of deal with uh, the week that was that the reality that we saw last week in the future. Is, is that something that you're in favor of or that you have uh, any particular thoughts around? Yeah, I'm in favor because I mean, the, the Rotoball or Fantasy Basketball League mm-hmm. in the NBA, you've seen how crazy things have gotten wild, not even not even to the amount of the NHL, which is just another uh, challenge as well. But when the NBA, I'm never in favor usually of making changes to the rules in season. But what we did was, though, is we added two more IL spots and we had four moves a week and we went to six. We had had four moves a week. We went to six moves a week. So I think, you know, there was there was good to continue to 2020 was a lot of different because there was there were more expectations about from the NFL about how to want to handle what happened. But unfortunately yeah. this latest variant has thrown things out of whack. So I mm. think we need to come up with contingency plans, not necessarily uh, 
you know, maybe maybe more IL spots that are that are open just for for COVID. Where if we decide at some point during the season that COVID's gotten out of control like this, that we add us that everybody agrees. Okay, we're going to add two IL spots in this week. Let's take a vote. You know, you can vote to do it on the go, but this way you're not changing anything during the year because you have a provision during the year. If in week by week six, or it could be any week, uh, you know, there's more of an outbreak that's affecting the games. Uh, we'll add, we'll add two more IR spots. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll tweak waivers like this. You know, I think there's various ways you can come up with ideas, try to keep things standard. If everything goes according to plan, hopefully, so this way people can't take advantage of those rules that are only only uh, put in place in case of. So we, I think yeah. if you have a if you have a league constitution or something like that or a rules page, you know, the, you know, sort of like your your break glass, you know, sort of uh, <laughs> contingency plans. Yeah, I think I think those are those are solid ideas for for teams moving forward. And you know, like you said, this is all new to us again. Um, but, you know, moving away from all this depressing COVID talk, uh, we've got Miles Sanders coming back, uh, coming off back-to-back weeks of over 100 yards rushing. Does he look like the MVP for, for the playoffs in 2021? No, because he doesn't get in the end zone enough. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that, that's the one thing with Miles Sanders. He's just not a goal line back. It's very interesting when you go back to bet. You you look far back, and I'm not comparing Miles Sanders to him, but Barry Sanders was never a good goal line back because when you get in that green zone, like the ten yard line and in, especially for the five yard line and in, you know there's certain styles of running backs where they're more cut back, juke kind of guys, yeah, more than north south runners. And Miles Sanders is one of those those players. It's interesting because sometimes you would even see smaller guys like Reggie Bush. Etc. That there, or even Boston Scott, they're really good yeah. near the goal line because running near the goal line is a different sort of art form. You have to. Legarrette Blunt talked about, you know, how he learned later in his career with early in his career with Tampa Bay, he wasn't that good of a goal line runner. But when he got to New England, he was. He said, you know, I learned how to make myself small, how to use proper body lean, etc. So there's certain techniques. Some running backs have a goal nose for the goal line. Some do. Uh, and some don't, but Sanders is not one of those guys. But, you know, he does have 42 rushing attempts in his last two games, and uh, he's coming on strong at the right time in the fantasy season. He's surpassed uh, 120 yards in each of his last two outings. He's a little banged up, but he's he's overcoming it, and I think he could definitely be a good RB too. But MVP? No, I mean, you know, that that's going to be like Jonathan Taylor or somebody like that, or Cooper Cup. Okay, so that's that was that was my follow-up question. If if not Miles, then who? Uh, and so Jonathan Taylor, uh, of course. I mean, he's he's kind of come on at the right time for for his team and for for he's my come team. on all season long. But, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, um, but uh, what what other players out there that that we may not be thinking of uh, are you looking at potentially to be? you know, break out in the last two weeks. No, it's Rashad Penny is, you know, I expected it from him to be tough against the Rams, but now he gets the bears and the lions to finish the season. Yep. So, 
you, you got to look at the schedule there. You know, Melvin Gordon this week has a really good matchup uh, again against the Raiders, and uh, I wouldn't say he's going to be MVP, but I I like him. You know, Monra St. Brown is really coming on strong here late in the season. Uh, Michael Pittman's got a good matchup this week. Yep. Van Jefferson, Christian Kirk with uh, with DeAndre Hopkins out. And, you know, he's, he's got a good matchup this week. Uh, the Colts have let up an AFC high 17 touchdown receptions to wide receivers. And with all the active uh, Cardinals receivers, he leads in five. So, you know, these are these are some players that can really help you, you know, late in the, late in the season because of, the, of the, the schedule. Look at James Robinson. He gets the Jets this week. And with that, Scott, another team that – potentially has some kind of dark horse fantasy contributors are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? We saw them suffer injury after injury after injury on Sunday night. And now they've got, um, you know, the, the, the ranks of their bench sort of stepping up to significant playing time. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, maybe who the players to target are in, in this Buccaneers offense now. Well, Tom Brady is going to be very angry about getting shut out. So you're oh, definitely yeah. going to want to use him in DFS this week. Yeah, uh, Antonio Brown's coming back. He's not coming back from COVID. So uh, well, unless we get any reports about any limitations, we're already, already not. Uh, you know, got to get Antonio Brown back in the mix. You know he has the chemistry with Tom Brady. Tyler Johnson is is worth targeting on waivers uh, because he's, he's another guy that, you know, if Mike Evans is out, uh, he could play a more prominent role for Tampa Bay. Obviously, Gronk, Ronald Jones, and you know, people asking me, should I pick up Levy on Bell on waivers? I'm like, <laughs> no. Like, you know, maybe five years ago, it'd be nice to have him yeah. on your team, but not anymore. It's like Levy on Bell's bou- bouncing around the league, and I don't think he's about to pull a Duke Johnson on us. No. Levy on Bell when he was yeah, running I... behind uh, the Pittsburgh offense. <laughs> yeah, he taught he taught yeah. a lot of the players a lesson about taking a year off. Yeah, you know, and he, not, he not, li- did, not like your situation. It's not just about the money. It's about it's about the situation that you're in too. It's and then you end up with you end up with like the those 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 Jets teams that he was on. Those are some of the worst teams I've ever seen since watching <laughs> football, and. That's- and just like that, that that really it didn't help Le'Veon Bell's career at all. I mean, before Le'Veon Bell signed with the Jets, you thought it was a great move because here's a superstar running back coming to the biggest city and media market for a fan base that's starved for success. If Le'Veon Bell was able to turn the franchise around, uh, you know, he would he would have become an icon. So it made all the sense. You know, he's probably seeing you know himself on the sides of of buildings in Times Square, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. But you know, the Jets, you know, Joe Namath made a deal with the devil, you know, in 1969. <laughs> he said, he said, all right, listen, Satan, if you let me win this one game and guarantee it, you can jinx the Jets for the rest of history. And that that happened. You know, we got such it, bad, yep. bad football in New York <laughs> so, since 1969 with the Jets. I think they've been actual contenders for like two years. And I think Eli Manning then made the deal with the devil in 2011, where he said, he said, so we'll say, 
He said, if you let me beat Tom Brady, you know, we don't ever have to win one again because this time I don't want them to go undefeated. So I don't know if the Jets or the Giants are ever going to be good again. Yeah. Well, uh, we can speculate. Jets, I, I feel like never. But uh, Giants, you know, maybe. Maybe someday. Look at the Jets. I mean, they, they draft two quarterbacks early. One of them bombs right away, and the other one's already looking like he's going to bomb. Bomb, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, heading into the future, uh, we've got a, a Week 16 matchup on Thursday that is rife with playoff implications, but it kind of features teams that are headed in, in different directions with the 49ers headed to Nashville to face the Titans. What are the storylines that you're, you're watching or the, the matchups that you like in, in this game on Thursday? Uh, it's not very exciting. I mean, Eli Mitchell's not going to play. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Debo Samuel's going to get his one way or another, and this is a a, a secondary that the 49ers can take advantage of. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, uh, you can consider streaming him. I think, and definitely two good, good two quarterback league guy. You know, Garoppolo takes a lot of crap, but he's he's led a team to an NFC championship, which is significant. And he has this team winning again. So a lot of credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but you know, you'll never see him put, put up fantastic fantasy numbers. You know, his receivers, obviously all the pass catchers. Sure. Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson, of course he was going to get in the end zone against the Falcons, but it'll be much more difficult this week. On the other side, Julio Jones is going to play, but you know, Julio Jones is just, you know, it, it, it's, it's the end has come, unfortunately, future Hall of Famer. Nick Westbrook-Akeen is a total dice roll. You don't want to use Tannehill. Uh, you never know which running back is going to go off an important week. So you're looking at about 349ers, and that's about it. It's it's not an exciting game. Good luck, you know, playing that in DFS. You know, you make Kittle your captain, and you just hope for everything else. <laughs> so, so which quarterback, uh, you know, with with Tennessee and uh, San Francisco, you got Garoppolo and Tannehill. Which one do you pick if you got to choose one? I think it's Garoppolo. You know, Tannehill's numbers have just been terrible without his top pass catchers. Yeah. Garoppolo at least will yeah, and even a, even with them, right? Uh, Julio, adequate return, but there's not upside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and we've seen with this Titans offense, you know, Julio has been back, quote unquote, of late, but certainly doesn't look to be himself. At least not the Julio that we know from from Atlanta. So um, while we're here in in Week 16. Um, you know, I, I want to maybe zoom out a little bit, Scott, and and get your your thoughts on your approach to the playoffs in general. Are you more of a dance with who brought you, or do you tend to play the hot hand? Uh, you know, when your stars, you dance who brought you. You know, I'm still I'm still going to be popping DK Metcalf and Jamar yeah. Chase. You know, in my lineups every week, but then. You know, it it depends who you have. If you got Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, they're not must starts, and you have to look to stream at those positions. It really it really depends on the player and the situation. As you guys know, nothing in fantasy football is absolute. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, you have to you you have to you know it's it's on a case by case basis. You're you're basically you know what your core is like. In the pros versus Joes, we know that 
We know that Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup and Kyle Kyler Murray should be the core, you know, but there's tears. You know, those two players are must-starts. We have other players where they're close to must-starts, but they're not quite must-starts. And then there's other players where we're streaming every week. And then there's other, other instances we go, oh, boy. Put Jordan Howard in here and hope he gets in the end zone. <laughs> so I, I I want to examine that a little bit further. This idea of of your tiers um, are there are there any other kind of stud or big name players that um, you think maybe are getting that must start treatment, but in reality they're they're no longer of that caliber. You mentioned Zeke as an example. Any others come to mind? Yeah, Zeke, uh, Saquon Barkley, certainly not a must-start anymore. I think most people realize that Dak Prescott is far from a must-start right now. He's got a good matchup against Washington, but with Dallas, it's always seemed to me like if the running game is not spectacular, the passing game suffers, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, I hate to say this because I think it's against my religion to criticize Russell Wilson, but I have to. You know, I have to because, you know, he hasn't played well. But then again, you know, this week against Chicago, I, I think you can get him in the lineup. Uh, other other players that some you might think are are must starts, but but they're 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 just not quite there. Uh, I think I spelled out the two running backs and may, maybe two quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know if people consider Michael Pittman and Marquise Brown must starts. But, you know, they're certainly not playing like it recently. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I think it was more of a case of the quarterback issue. I think he should be okay. DJ Moore is not a must-start. You know, you, you, you're finding this a lot at wide receiver. And then tight end, you know, people are starting to treat them like kickers if they don't have superstars where they yeah. just plug in the names that they know every week. And, uh, you know, Noah Fant, you know, he's, he's barely rosterable. At this point, much yeah. less a must start. Yeah, yeah, and and with that, it actually it it leads into our uh, our first listener question uh, pretty pretty cleanly. And when I saw this one come in, um, I specifically circled it for you because because of how active you've been on the waiver wire. And I won't go into exhausting details, but uh, Jason writes in. Basically, he's got the first overall priority on his waiver wire, and he wants to know if he should add his handcuff for Antonio Gibson or if he should look to use that pick to block his opponent from getting the tight end or the quarterback they need. Is, uh, is that sort of gamesmanship fair game in your book, or is that a little bit more on the Bush League side? Yeah, so I think your own priorities should come first to get Ronald Jones. Usually during the regular season, I always tell people, worry about your own team first. You know, don't worry about the other team because you can't control who they start or, or whatever. But in the playoffs, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, blocking other owners from getting who they need uh, because you're not worried as much about bye weeks or injuries as you are during. But then again, you know, we have all this COVID going on, so – you know, I'm kind of like reversing what I say on that usually, but it's it's okay to block people during the playoffs. It's not against the rules. Nobody cares about, quote, fantasy etiquette, end quote. You know, there are no friends once we get between the virtual lines. Yeah, um, yeah. But, 
you know, you have, there's so much more going on with roster maneuvering during the regular season in the playoffs. If you have the roster room to block somebody else and it's win or go home, you do what you got to do. You know, I don't care if some guy says, Hey, you took my guy. He's like Dan Ryder took your guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you couldn't. Yeah. Totally get that. But uh, we're, we're going to shift into kind of a quick fire uh, with, with more listener questions. Uh, Mike D is in a half point PPR and he needs two out of these three receivers. Stefan Diggs, CD lamb or Deontay Johnson. Two of three. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right now. I just, I can't see bench and CD lamb against the Washington football team. Yeah. And that pass defense, Deontay Johnson's obviously a must start, even though he's coming off of a bad week. This guy's got great receivers, but Stefan Diggs just, you know, doesn't have the upside of CeeDee Lamb right now. Uh, Deontay Johnson's more consistent. Uh, Diggs is not what he is last year. So I think, you know, even without the matchups, you know, you're looking at three guys, a lot of people would say must start. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb, maybe less of a chance to get in the end zone than Stephon Diggs, but much more upside in this matchup. So, and, you know, Buffalo's playing – playing New England and we know how stifling that defense can be. So I think I'm definitely sitting digs here. So even with, with Cole Beasley sitting on the bench, do you think that's going to impact Stefan Diggs's looks or are we, I think it's going to help Gabriel Davis more than anything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Gabriel, Gabriel Davis is one of those names of players who are coming on late that, that could certainly find their, find their role in a championship team. And, um, you know, I, I think you put it best, Scott. Mike is uh, sitting here with a tough decision as he has an embarrassment of riches at the sure. wide receiver position. So we will right. carry forward to Jamie, who is looking for some help in a super flex league. This is a league where both passing and rushing touchdowns are six points. Jamie's needing to start two out of Taysom Hill, Tyler Huntley, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, this could depend really a lot on Lamar Jackson, but it looks like he's trending in the right direction. But you can't wait for Sunday with that. So, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, is my pick there that you have to use him because you won't you won't know about Lamar Jackson's status by Thursday night. Yeah. So then it comes down to using Taysom Hill or Tyler Huntley on Sunday, and you know, I th- I think Tyler you know Huntley if he starts has the better matchup and although you know both of these defense are kind of tough Miami has been tougher and I so far you know both of these guys you know not large sample sizes all Hill has a bit bigger sample size in his career um you know Huntley's looked like the better passer and he's they, they both have rushing upside but Huntley's looked like a better passer than Taysom Hill and I think Huntley could end up starting for some some other team next year. He's exclusive rights, free agent. But, you know, we go back to former backups who became starters like Matt Hasselbeck, you know, with, with quarterback position being so thin around the league. Uh, maybe Tyler Huntley, Huntley ends up starting somewhere next year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's if it's the history of, of Hasselbeck and Flynn, but as I was watching him no, play over these, these say last Flynn. You know, game and a half or so, <laughs> yeah, you flip, we can't involve Carry Flynn on. there. Sorry, yeah. I started. The, the Seahawks do have. 
your your Seahawks do have a, a bit of a history in uh, you know uh, developing a keen eye for uh, for backup backup talent out there. So um, yeah, might, but you know, I was talking more about backup quarterbacks that become NFL starters, like Hasselbeck was one. You, you know, Matt Schaub was another. So yeah, along I mean, those Tom Brady lines, was for a short period of time. Yeah, well, that's a that's a different kind of story. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking yeah. about I'm talking about guys who became stars because they Career. traded to other teams. Right. Yeah. All right, moving yeah. moving on. Uh, John, not me, wants to know whether to start Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts. I have my own ideas. Uh, you know, Hurts just has a good matchup, and he's. But to me, Kyler Murray, I know he's coming off of some shaky games. I can't bench Kyler Murray at the most important time of the fantasy season. Yeah, He's, he's a better passer with better weaponry than Jalen Hurts. Yep, agreed. So, uh, I, I, especially with them, you know, trying to finish strong in Arizona, I, I think you've got you've got a, a better better pick with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I would tend to agree as well. And we will carry forward to Adam, who is in a standard scoring league. He wants to know if he can trust Mike Williams this week, or if it is time to sub him out for the aforementioned Gabriel Davis. Uh, that's a tough one, actually, but. Mike Williams has the better matchup than Gabriel Davis going against New England is tough. Uh, this this is this is a good draw for Mike Williams this week. The Texans are 25th in yards allowed to opposing wideouts, and he's their best big play threat. Uh, so I, you got to take Mike Williams against the Texans, and that's when matchups come into play. And the teams have made it deep this deep in the playoffs know that matchups should only be used to govern. Uh, decisions between two similarly ranked players. You're you're not just going to look at a matchup and and you know make your start decision based just on the matchup. But experienced, savvy players who listen to this show, you know, know that kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah agreed. Um, and you know, moving into our last listener question, I I know we're just kind of running through these but uh final one we've got a, a ppr league with a hundred yard bonus uh he's wanting to pick a running back and his choices are ronald jones michael carter or donta foreman yeah you never know with the tennessee running backs and carter's now on the covid list which yeah. obviously the question was submitted before that so I think it's it's definitely Ronald Jones. Uh, Carolina's 22nd rushing yards allowed to running backs this season. Yeah. I would lean that way myself. And with that, Scott, we are getting ready to wrap things up here on the Pros with Joe's podcast. And we always make it a point to give some time back to our guests at the end. So, Scott, is there anyone or anything that you want to shout out or anything that you want to tell the listeners about where they can find you out in the world. Yeah. You can find me at uh, rotoballer.com and uh, you know, my lineup ranks are there every week. And uh, also I do uh, my weekly lineup spotlights where I give out unique stats and betting tips. And uh, you can also catch me on rotoballer radio on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio uh, over at Seahawks.com every week with the Seattle Seahawks Fantasy Insider. It's not just about the Seahawks. 
it you know goes around the league with waivers, starts and sits, and everything. Uh, also at the Athletic and Sportsline.com, and follow me on Twitter at Scott E the King. Just everywhere. Absolutely, Scott. Yeah, you would you would almost have to uh, try hard to not find some of Scott's amazing work out there, and and for good cause. It's absolutely some of the the best analysis and insight that you can find. And with that. We will close things up here for the week 16 version of this podcast. Um, for anyone that is interested about the work that we do here at Pros with Joes or is interested in learning more about how they can support or potentially contribute, fingers crossed and knock on woods, a, uh, a, a potential long run for Scott and his co-manager here, you can head over to Pros with Joes on Twitter. Their link at the top is the link to our in-season fundraiser. This is the pot that Scott and four others are still alive and playing for, and that all of that money raised will go directly to their charities. So definitely wishing you well and the best of luck in that fund going over to Big League Impact. In terms of Pros with Joe's podcast, we are a proud member of the Dr. Roto Network. You can simply go to wherever you find your podcast and search Dr. Roto Media Network or Pros with Joes. When you're there, scroll on down, click a few stars, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review if you feel so inclined. It really does go a long way in helping spread the word about the message and the work that we're doing here. So with that, we will bring this to a close and we will see you in week 17.